How do you attract more foot traffic and make people fall in love with your store? We'll be discussing that with Mark Kinsley on episode three of the P Primo Show. This show is brought to you by my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Store Owners to Sell Another Million Dollars or More This Year. Get it right now on Amazon. This week's guest is Mark Kinsley. Mark is the president of Englander and the other half of the Dos Marcos podcast show and now an author. And we'll be discussing his new book, Come Back to Bed, how to attract more foot traffic and make people fall in love with your store. Mark, welcome to the show. Pete, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great. It's great to, to have someone who knows what they're doing. You're like a professional podcaster. Hey, we're about 185 episodes deep, and I think we're finally <laughs> starting to get our chops. <laughs> so, Mark, I have to tell you, I have to ask you, um, what made you write the book? Tell me about that. The backstory is Mark Quinn and I. So I'm Mark Kinsley. He's Mark Quinn. Together, we are Dos Marcos, as you know. And yes. so back in February, we were asked by Nationwide Marketing Group. And for those that don't know, Nationwide Marketing Group is a large buying group, marketing group with over 5,000 independent retail members who come together and they get all the advantages of being a group. And so they have a primetime event every year, twice a year. And so we are often speaking at their Mattress University. And so for this year's Mattress University, we talked to Tom Hickman, who's the president and chief member advocate for Nationwide. And we asked him, what problems do your dealers face? And he said, foot traffic, getting people to come into their store. It's a constant issue. How do you attract foot traffic? And he said, if you guys gave a speech about that, it would speak to a lot of people. So this was back in, in, in February and early February before COVID hit and all the shutdowns. And so we went to Houston and we gave a speech called how to attract big foot traffic. And we had about 400 mattress retailers in the room and right in advance of that, we had had Harry Roberts, who's the co-founder of Mattress Firm, on our show. And so backstage, Harry had promised us a tequila shot if we came to Houston. Well, there we were in Houston, and Harry's backstage, and he gives us this tequila shot. And I have to say, it came at a good time because for the speech, we had dressed up in all white clothing. And we had big gold chains around our necks that said springs and foam with fake diamonds. And we had a guy dressed up as Bigfoot because it was how to attract Bigfoot traffic. <laughs> we had a man in a dress, we had a DJ, and we came out rapping this song called Get Hybrid that we produced when we were at Legan and Platt. Yeah. And so the whole idea was, if we're gonna tell people how to attract foot traffic, we were gonna say, you gotta grab attention. So we wanted to live out that idea. So we give the speech and it was a lot of fun. And at the end of the speech, we had put three by five note cards on everybody's desk. And we said, we want you to help each other. So write down a foot traffic driving idea that's actually worked. Put your email address down. We're going to gather all those up. And if you put your email address down, you're going to get however many ideas get submitted. 
So we walked away with about 80 different ideas on how to attract foot traffic or drive foot traffic to your retail store. And from there, we kind of coded them up and themed them up and saw what was working for people. And then COVID hit. It's mid-March. Everything shuts down. And by, by maybe last week of March, we had a sense that this is going to be around for a while. And so I called up Quinn and I said, Uno Marco. I didn't really say that, but you can imagine me saying Uno Marco. <laughs> Uno Marco. I said, we've been given a gift. As much sadness as there was, as traumatizing for people, as much uncertainty as there was pulsing through the universe, I said, we've been given a gift. And that gift is time. What are we going to do with it? This is our chance to get out in front of something or to create something we otherwise would have never created. And we both said, let's write a book. Let's write a book that helps retailers. Let's write a book that solves, helps solve the number one issue facing independent retailers in the mattress space, which is driving foot traffic. We have all this information and inspiration from these real retailers. And so we started digging in and writing and writing and writing and writing. And that is the Genesis story for come back to bed. And really the title Pete was, I, I just had this, this vision of comeback, you know, making a comeback in sports, you know, you're a football player, making a comeback yeah. in sports is the ultimate. And, and on the backside of COVID on the backside of retail decimation, that's been happening, you know, in a lot of people's opinions for years, we're going to need to make a comeback. And so our publishing team looked at that and they said, but let's make it specific to your industry. And we said, great, come back to bed, attract more foot traffic and make people fall in love with you. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So what retailers need this book? Small retailers, big retailers, medium-sized retailers? Who? If you're a retailer that wants to attract more foot traffic to your store and you want to build a sustainable brand that people truly love, if you can find at least two good ideas, and I say two because it's Dos Marcos, um, if you can find two good ideas in this book, it's worth the read. And look, this is one part love letter to the mattress industry because we love this industry and the people in it. And I've just been given so much support over the years. And I love the mission that we have about connecting sleep to the products we sell. So if right. you're a large retailer, a medium-sized retailer, and definitely a smaller independent retailer, you need this book. And I've consulted with lots of small independent retailers or mid-sized independent retailers. And invariably, what we find out, they don't know who they are. And so they have a hesitation to go out and champion and trumpet their message. And so once we got into writing this book, we very quickly found out, wow, it's great to be able to pull those levers and attract foot traffic to your store. But a lot of people hesitate to do it because they don't know who they are. So they feel like, I got to figure that out first. So that's why we got into building a brand and how to do that. And look, it's a lot of hard work. So when we get into mission, vision, values, culture, brand, positioning, those are things that you have to take a deep dive into 
and understand and work out and put on paper so you can feel confident going out and telling people who you are, your brand, and trumpeting that from the highest mountain and then using your brand to magnify your promotions, to magnify all those efforts to bring people into your store. Because a lot of times what we've also seen with retailers is they are building their brand and they're telling people about their family business, for example, and then a promotion comes on and it completely doesn't look like their company. Well, we want all those things to complement each other because that is branding. Branding is trust. Trust means you're the filter people are going to use when they go to navigate, navigate a very complicated process. So Mark, this book isn't just a book about tactics. It's just not 80 tactics to get foot traffic in the store. It's really a handbook on marketing your business if you own a retail store. It, great distinction and, and a great point. This is a book of principles. So principles, unlike, you know, maybe tactics, tactics are very kind of one-off, but principles, you should be able to pick up this book 10 years from now and find principles that still apply. And if you, if you fill your brain and your business with principles, they're more like a rope versus a stick. You know, a stick, if you bang it against the tree hard enough, it's going to break, but ropes can be used to pull a semi, to sail a ship, to climb a mountain, but it's still a rope. So ropes are, the, the principles are more like these ropes that can be used in a variety of situations, regardless of time and place. And that's why we get into, here's how to build a brand. Here are the essentials of positioning a business. And when you think about positioning a business, it's like, that's kind of out there in the universe. What does it mean? Well, it means how can I be first? Because the brain thinks about things categorically. And when you think about categories, it's so much easier to think about the first in a category. We tell a little story in the book that actually comes from a fantastic book called 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. I highly recommend it. But in that book, Al Reese and Jack Trout talk about what is the essential of positioning? It's finding a, a place to be first. And they tell a story about who flew over the Atlantic Ocean first. Well, it's Charles Lindbergh, Spirit of St. Louis. Who flew second? Well, the no, second guy to fly over was faster and used less fuel and just basically did it better. And I think that's what a lot of people look at in their business. Well, how can I be faster? How can I be better than my competition? No, you need to be first. Nobody understands, nobody knows who the second guy was really, but we all know who the third person was, except there wasn't a third person. There was only the first woman, Amelia Earhart. She created a new category where she could be first, even though somebody had already done it. By the way, the second guy to fly across, do you know his yep. name, Pete? Trivia time. I, I don't. That's why his I said, who Bert. knows? His name was Bert Hinkler. And like I said, he did it better. He did it faster and nobody cares. So we want to help you position your business in that way so that you can go out and pull those levers and use those tactics and do it with a strategic framework around your business. So be first in a category of one. That's right. Be first in a category of one. You know, it, somebody we, said that, not me. I'm just, it came into my head. 
Do you know any retailers out there? Can you think of any off the top of your head that people think of them first? They are number one in, in their marketplaces for something meaningful. What was the last part of that? Yeah. Can you think of any retailers that are first in their marketplace for something meaningful? A few, but very yeah, few. It's, it's very few. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have growth and they experience success, some success. Um, but there are a lot of people who are lost and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to the jungle. So you guys write this book and how long did it take you guys to write the book? It took us a couple of months to get the manuscript done, the first draft. That's amazing. And then after that, yeah, after that, we went through a publishing process where we had, sure. uh, you know, an editor and a copy editor and multiple rounds of this, that, and the other. So it's a process. And, you know, we really wanted it to be something that we were proud of and that served people. And that was the main thing. Does this actually help people? And so we, we, we had a couple of, you know, behind the scenes people put eyes on it that are independent retail. And they said, what I like about this book is you're not telling people, if you do this, you can be like me and you're going to be awesome. You're laying out some very difficult work they have to do while also giving them quick, easy ways to get some success under their belt. Because yeah, in, in the back of the book, Pete, we do have those ideas that we gathered up from Nationwide and those sure. ideas from, from all those people. And, and what we say at the very end is, look, action reveals answers. If you don't do anything, you're gonna have a very hard time just sitting in the corner thinking about what could possibly happen. So go into this list and start using one of them. If you don't know who you are yet and you're in the middle of the process to identify your brand and build something around that, you still need to get started. We, we really believe action reveals those answers. Yep, always, always. Uh, Dan Kennedy is a big uh, fan of, and Dan Kennedy's a, a marketer who's been, I think his career's maybe 40, 45 years. And, you know, one of the enemies of action is perfectionism. perfectionism. And he always says, good is good enough. And at some point you have to get out there and you have to execute on something. And the course corrections will be revealed to you as, as time goes by. Not getting out there and not doing something is almost always a mistake. So imperfect action is always better than waiting for the perfect time because the perfect time is never gonna come. Especially if you have a little bit, bit of fear if you have a little bit of fear, it's going to prevent you because you're going to say, oh, I could do it right now. That light's too bright. It's glaring off of my glasses. It's better than last week, but it's not perfect. So I'm not going to do the show. I'm going to wait till next week when I rearrange my studio to be better. I'm not doing it. I've got the great one, Mark Kinsley, here right now. I'm doing the podcast. And all the owners, store owners that buy this book, you need to get your highlighter out and you need to target an action just one and get going on it so what else should they know about your book well they should know that 
there's a lot of examples from the mattress industry. That That's is great. the area where we've, we've spent a lot of our time over the years. And, you know, I, th I think there's such an opportunity right now to look at the, the mattress industry as a case study in disruption. And one of the things we talk about is what did Amazon do to books? Just decimated brick and mortar retail in the book space. And who would have thought books and beds shared a similar fate? Right. But Amazon is the number one seller of mattresses on the internet. It's not Casper. It's not Tuft & Needle. It's not one of the other brands. It's not mattress firm selling through one of their many websites. It's Amazon. And what does Amazon sell? Cheap mattresses. So you are under attack. And if you don't understand what's happened and we lay out the state of the industry, and if you don't understand what's happened and how you can be unique and become preferred and show your heart for your community and be somebody that becomes that filter for trust, then you're gonna be gobbled up by the behemoths. And so, I don't believe in sitting back and not trying to compete. Sure, you're gonna do some things that don't work. Sure, it's probably gonna take a lot of creativity and ingenuity. Maybe you don't have the biggest budgets on the planet. You don't have to have those whenever you can connect with people in a meaningful way. And there's an entire chapter in this book about connections and creating those connections and doing it through the vehicle of your store. And so it's time to compete. It's not time to sit back and hope and wonder. Yes, COVID has fast-tracked e-commerce. Yes, it has decimated some retail operations. There's no doubt about it. So what do you do? Give up, take your bat and ball and leave the field and go home? No, you do the hard work. You roll up your sleeves and you work. That's what we do in America. We get back out there. We pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. We figure out a different way to compete and be unique and be differentiated. And we go to that place of discomfort as long as it takes. And we keep putting food on the table. So I want people to know this book is about doing the work. It's not about reading quick hit ideas that are going to be the heroin of the mattress industry. It's not promotions and tent sales. This is about sustainability. And if you're going to, we walked outside, Pete. And this probably happened to you. It happened to me. We walked outside in our communities in early April and we went downtown and we saw what it looked like when independent retail stores shut down. We saw what a ghost town looks like in our communities. And I haven't talked to a single person who says that was a good thing, but we got a glimpse of it probably for the first time in our lifetimes, what it's going to look like if independent retailers don't compete. And that's the thing about this book. If you run a shoe store or a clothing store or a tchotchke shop or a fan apparel store downtown, or even if you have a restaurant, a florist, a tire shop, there are principles in here you can apply. And so I want people to know this is about competing and winning, and this is not just about getting by. We want you to be helped by this and we want you to do this work. And look, we're here to help. If you have questions, you can reach out to us. You, we, mattresspodcast.com, we answer all the emails. So if you have one-off questions or if we can get you connected to resources, this is about us serving people and helping out where we can. That's awesome. Put me in, coach. That You're saying a lot of things that, you know, that I thought. Um, 
I want you to just dive into the state of the industry for, for a few minutes. You know, me and you, we said we're going to hop on the phone for a couple minutes and two hours and six minutes later, I didn't know it was that long. My wife did inform me. I was on the phone with Mark for two hours and six minutes. Um, and it flew by like it was 10 minutes, dude. And we talked about the state of the industry a little bit. Can you just go into that for five, 10 minutes? The state of the mattress industry is in turmoil right now, mainly because of supply chain issues. You have chemical and foam plants out on the East Coast, Southern East Coast, that were hit by hurricanes. Uh, it's driving up the price of, of foams and making inventory depleted. You have pocketed coils. And for those who don't know what that is, it's fabric wrapped coils. And that fabric is a non-woven material that's also used in PPE. So government redirected a lot of that material so we can make life-saving materials for frontline workers, masks, gowns, things of that nature. And so suppliers like Wagon and Platt have had to find different materials. A lot of those, they figured out ways for them to flow through their machinery, but it's about 40% slower, which means it's costing them time and money. So the supply chain, even from a fabric standpoint, the ticking that goes on mattresses has been disrupted. Some, some operations have had a, had a hard time getting workers to come back um, because of some of the benefits people have received. So the supply chain is out of whack. Um, and this is not just in the U.S. This is globally as well. So you have conditions that have created these constraints in the supply chain. And then downstream, if you're somebody that just wants to go get a mattress, you know, you're, you're weeks and weeks out in many cases. So people are adjusting their expectations of what it means to buy a mattress. And they're really just kind of taking what's in stock. So the state of the industry there has been completely changed. Then if you go back before COVID, you know, we were looking at the disruption created by these online brands. So many of them started out online selling through e-commerce. They roll pack the mattresses, ship them to people's houses. That was about 20 to maybe 22% of the marketplace. COVID hits and the people that are willing to buy a mattress without trying jumps from about 40% up to 71%. So on the backside of this, I think we're going to see an elevated reset, meaning, yeah, for, it was trending upward. But look, at the beginning of this year, when I say trending upward, I mean e-commerce mattress sales were trending upward. But at the beginning of this year, we were starting to see a plateau. Yeah. And that plateau meant, great, we kind of understand what's going to happen. These online brands have capped out in growth because it's very expensive to acquire a customer online. It's very competitive. So they're going to be looking for growth at retail. That means some of these dollars that were being spent online are going to go back to driving retail traffic in, in stores. And many brands like Nectar um, have made aggressive plays in the brick and mortar retail. So what we thought was going to shake out and how we thought it might shake out has really completely changed because the consumer expectations have been adjusted somewhat toward e-commerce. And some of those expectations have been adjusted at retail because people are shopping at far fewer stores because they want to limit exposure and they want to take the supply that's in stock. 
So look, how's this all going to shake out? It's anybody's guess. And I say that because uh, I talked to some really smart people in this business and not a single person said, you know what? Whenever the COVID shutdown happened, I, we all thought, yeah, mattress sales are going to boom. I haven't heard that from anybody. So it's tough to look into the crystal ball at this point and make any good predictions. No, we all thought we were going out of business. And then we opened back up and it was like a tax season from 10 or 15 years ago, but it didn't stop. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. And our ability to produce kept decreasing as, as time went by. One of the things I just like to point out, um, it's not just our industry. Um, one of my one of my retailers, um, she was tired of getting phone calls from customers that had their expectations hadn't been managed correctly. So she she wanted to talk to the next customer before they left. So she laid it out for the customer. I don't have this in stock. I don't know when I'm going to get it. And do you have any questions? And the guy says, no, no, I don't have any questions. And finally she got a little bit frustrated and she said, uh, listen, I'm glad you're gonna wait. And I appreciate that, but I wanna know why you're not yelling back at me. And he said, ma'am, I'm in the roofing business. And I normally pick up my tiles in a few days and it's taken a, between six and eight weeks for me to get my tiles. And when I went to get my nails for my nail gun, um, they were out of nails and I still can't put my customer's roof on. So I completely understand. So it's not just our industry. It's across industries. Try buying an appliance, try buying uh, a swimming pool right now. It's a year and a half wait. It's, it's crazy. Uh, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah. The people that ha have jobs probably have more money in their pocket than they've had in a long time. They're not going on, vacations they're not going to concerts bars runs, yeah. you know so they're looking around their house and putting it under a magnifying glass and saying what do i need to fix i might be in this nest for a long time and winter is coming i did the same yeah. thing i had a i had a, a deck wrap around porch and uh for some reason a hole opened up on it and i wanted to put in a screen porch and i thought well if i if i don't replace this decking then I'm going to build a screened in porch on top of a house of sand here. And yeah. uh, the rest of the house, luckily it was fine, but it was just this decking was all messed up. And so I go out and replace all the decking and uh, had a, had a crew come in and do that. And then put in the screened in porch. So we're looking around the house saying, gosh, you know, I, I travel a lot and I usually get to sleep on these nice hotel mattresses and people are at home saying, this thing is awful. It's time to get a new mattress. So everything in the house, nothing's off limits because we're so close to it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna read a chapter out of my book, which actually ties in directly to your book. Bill, you ready for me? So it's called Know Your Who. My light's all messed up here, so you guys will have to put up with me. Uh, successful marketers know before they can even think about creating a marketing piece or campaign that they have to invest time and energy into creating a crystal clear picture of the person they're marketing to. 
Do you take the time and effort to think about your who before you map out your campaign? Most marketers and business owners don't. Don't they don't invest the time to think about their who before they begin their marketing. And the result is marketing that doesn't reach its potential. In the previous chapter, I showed you the power, the power of answering the question, what's in it for me? And until you know exactly what who you are trying to market to, you cannot answer this question. And the interesting thing, and this is not in the book, what's in it for me is a question that you have to answer on behalf of your customer. And you need to think through what your customer has as options. And one of the options that they have is to not do anything at all. And shame of, on us if we're a store that we beat all the customer, the other competitors, but we don't beat doing nothing at all. Shame on us if that happens. Before you start your next marketing effort, take some time and create a profile of the person you want to respond. Where do they live? Are they married? Are they retired? Have kids in school? What are their hopes? What are their fears? The more questions you can ask and answer, and then use the answers in your marketing, the more effective your next campaign will be. And, you know, we talked before that kind of opens up a whole can of worms. And, you know, one of the things that I always talk about, Mark, is media, market, and message. And, and that's, that's, it's marketing 101. You, the first day of your very first marketing class, they talked about media, market, and message. And until you know who your market is, you can't craft a compelling message and you can't really pick the media. And lots of mistakes in media and message go back to not knowing who your who is. So any reactions to that, Mark? Well, I think it's spot on. Number one, you, you do have to know who your audience is. If you're walking in and giving a speech, like the one we talked about at Nationwide, we understood our audience. It was mattress retailers, and we understood what their pain was, foot traffic, and we understood how to give them ideas on attracting more foot traffic. So I think it's a, it's a really great starting point. And let me go back upstream a little bit. Sure. Uh, because when, when a lot of companies go through the process of developing a strong brand, we would always take them through mission, vision, values. A lot of people have that down. Your mission's your purpose. Your vision is where we're going. Your values are your non-negotiables. And then they start working on the brand, but they skipped a step. Mission, vision, values, culture, then brand. And your culture is going to determine what your brand is. And what I mean by that is, Hey, if, if you think our vision is we're going to be the Apple store of the mattress industry, you know, sleek and elegant, cool and tech savvy, but your people are, you know, rolling out of bed 10 minutes before the store opens and, you know, wearing sweaters with holes in them and your store has dirty windows, your culture is not going to be able to pay off that vision. So at that point, you need to say, what can our culture pay off? Or we need to do some work on developing a culture 
that fits with the vision the ownership has. So we've got some work to do right here before we get into the branding process at all. So it's that step a lot of people miss. And also it gets into the idea of audience, of knowing your who. Because if people come into your store and the messaging was great and the marketing connected with people in a moment when they were in market or it attracted them to be in market, that's all fantastic. Great job. Now, when they walk into your store and none of what you pushed out into the world matches their experience with your people, with the culture you have, that's going to break down trust and people are going to leave and you're going to wonder why you have so many be-backs. So that's the piece of the book where we're trying to establish foundation so you have that strong house. And then when you get to that point where you're, you're ready to push your message out into the world, know your who. And the other great thing about knowing your who, it goes back to attracting the right people for your business. And some people, they want everybody. And I understand the temptation there, but sometimes everybody means you're buying a bunch of problems. So it's, here's my story I tell. If you're standing on the shore and looking out at the ocean, you're in the harbor, and all of a sudden, a big tall ship pulls up into the harbor and raises up a flag, and it's skull and crossbones Jolly Roger flag. Everybody's standing there looking, and people, what do they do? When that pirate ship is out in the water, what do they do? Well, a lot of them run. They turn around and run. It's a pirate ship. Unless you're a pirate, then you go get on that ship. You as a business owner need to fly your flag and attract the right people. If you're a luxury goods store, you don't want to advertise down market. If you're affordable luxury, you need to have that profile and know your who, because you're going to get the right people in your store. They're going to be happy. The culture is going to pay off the messaging. And you're not going to be buying a problem. That's awesome. And knowing your who helps you choose your media. If you're in the luxury market, uh, direct mail is going to be more important to you. Um, some of the newer social media, Instagram's not going to be as important to you. Uh, so, you know, and if you're in the real, you know, promotional market, you know, there will be different options for you as well. So I love what you said about culture. And I often tell business owners, you attract who you are at the end of the day. And I know it sounds brutal and you look around and you, you complain to me about all these people. You attract who you are at the end of the day. And that sounds like something brutal to say to somebody. But part of my job is to sometimes say things to to store owners that they don't want to hear, but they need to hear, you do attract who you are at the end of the day. You, you always do, and over time you do. Now, perhaps tactically you might be making a mistake uh, with how you advertise for help or your interviewing process. There's uh, a tactical mistake that's being made, but over time you really do attract who you are. And one of the things that has amazed me over the years, Mark, um, is, you know, 
watching your growth in this industry, I remember when you were brand new and you were just asking tons and tons of questions. And the amazing thing now is you have probably been able to cram into your few years in this industry, probably 50 years worth of most people's experience, but you still ask lots and lots of questions. I've never been able to ask you a question without you asking me a question first. And I try to, whenever I see you, I ask you questions and then you ask me questions and it's like, so what is it about you that created this curiosity? I think it's one of your greatest strengths and it allows you to be who you are. Is it something you were born with? Did your parents, how did this happen? Well, that's uh, probably the greatest compliment, Pete, because I often tell salespeople and just anybody, good open-ended questions are your secret superpower because you're actually going to find out ways to help people. You're going to find out what they care about. And so I love the podcast because it gives me an excuse to ask questions and learn from people and learn from some of the best and brightest minds in the industry. So it is absolutely um, this amazing platform that just feeds my soul. But I think where it all started for me was in a newsroom because I was a, I was a TV reporter and anchor. And then I did a daily talk radio show for four years. And being in that environment, I remember being a, uh, like a kid running the studio camera at the TV station. And then they let me grab one of the actual cameras and take it out in the field and start getting, they call them VO bites. So I would get to interview the person and then edit together what they said and write the script. But I wouldn't actually read it on the news. I was just the kid, you know, behind the scenes. And that experience of to look people in the eye and ask them questions in a way that got a response that I could use on the news was absolutely invaluable because you can't ask yes or no questions. You can't ask questions in such a way that it makes it seem like you're waiting to talk. You have to actually ask them questions about themselves and get them to respond because if you don't get them to respond, they're not going to send you back out with a camera again. And so that, I think that's definitely where it started. And then, you know, being able to sit down with people in a longer format in my radio show, and then now on the podcast, it's just something that you work on over time, just like, just like selling, just like being on the sales floor with people. So it I is was, a skill. Uh, I think it's something you can develop over time, for sure. I was not, I was really a pretty shy kid whenever, uh, you know, I would go to talk to strangers. Um, or even talk to pe- people in positions of authority, teachers and, and things of that. Like I was pretty shy. So it was something that, uh, that I had to work on. And you know, I think it's like many things in life. If you're intentional about it and you treat it like a skill, you can get better at it. Whether that's asking open-ended questions or sleep. I think sleep in a lot of ways is a skill. It's got to work at it. Intentional is my favorite word. And it's a word that's overused and not, and people don't really think about, they just have their routine and they don't really focus in on their intentions 
for their day, for their specific action that they're about to take. And intentional is a word that I do associate with you, Mark. Um, so I'm going to wrap this up in a few minutes, but I want give me the one thing that you want your your the reader of your book, the store owner that buys your book, they read it. What do you want them to do the minute they put that book down? What action do you want them to take? I want them to take some action at that moment. And at the very end of the book, we say, do you need some help getting started? Don't get bogged down in the details. Take action. Take an action. Because like I said, it's going to reveal the answers. So one of the acronyms we used in the book is called CAGE. And if you want to connect with people in your community in a meaningful way and not be a commodity, be a preferred place to shop, we think you need to be, like you said, intentional about how you're going to be perceived and how you're going to position yourself. So the CAGE acronym stands for community, answers, giving, or experiences. So are you going to be the most involved in your community? Are you going to be the source of answers and information, that educator? Could you position yourself as that educator in your community around sleep and mattresses and wellness? Uh, could you focus on your giving aspect? You know, do we give to charities, serve on board, support the local sports teams? We are going to be known as the most giving mattress store on the planet. And then experiences obviously gets into creating those experiences at retail for people. And there's a whole lot to unpack there. But pick, I almost put it like this in the book, pick something that you can major in and maybe you get a minor in one of the other letters. So we're gonna major in answers. Like Jeff Shire, you know, Jeff Shire runs Mattress to Go in Shelby Township, Michigan. Jeff Shire is a one man operator for the most part. And he's in the book, his story's in the book. So Jeff started the Beducation YouTube channel because there's so much misinformation and it's a very nebulous, frustrating process to navigate when you're buying a mattress. So he decided, I'm gonna be the guy that gives answers and truth. And that's how he's positioned himself. And he has over a million and a half YouTube views on his channel. So you don't have to know 100% how you're gonna position yourself to take action and try something because that's gonna reveal if it connects with you and if it's something that's sustainable. And you can backtrack and do that deep, hard work that we recommend, but get in there, action reveals answers, do something. That's awesome. Mark, I want to thank you for taking the time. First of all, the two hours and six minutes I took from you the other night. I loved um, it. It was, it, it was great. It was great. And, but, but more importantly, I, I want to thank you um, on behalf of the industry because you're not a person who came into our industry and developed mavenitis. You were you came as a student, and someday, whenever it is that you leave, uh, I hope it's not during my lifetime, you'll leave as a student. 
And I think that the most important thing that we could ever say about any human being is number one, they were always willing to learn and they were willing to give back, but more importantly, that they cared. And I think you care very deeply. I've always been impressed by the level of Karen. You care deeply about your customers. You care deeply about the industry. And you, you care deeply about people just in, in general. Forget about our industry. Forget about your customers. Forget about all that. You're just a good human being that I'm very proud to know. And guys, I always end this show and I always have a call to action. And the call to action is to buy my book. And I'm not going to tell you that. I want you to go buy this book, um, come back to bed, attract more foot traffic, and make people fall in love with your store by Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. You, you can't do anything better for your store. Uh, at the Bedden Conference, when I heard that they were um, doing this, I, I swear I must have been the first person on the list because I'm like, I want that book. Now, I've, I've read hundreds of books, if not thousands. I've written my own book. I'm, I'm writing another book. This book is the most timely book that you, as a store owner, could ever read. So everybody, whether you have one store or 10 stores, go by, come back to bed and give Mark and Mark a call, reach out to them and ask questions about anything uh, that you have a question about and get, get going with some action, do something. Uh, so the first step is buy the book, come back to bed. And the second thing is get in contact with Mark and Mark and ask them questions. They wrote this book because they deeply care about the industry. They deeply care about your business. It's not just lip service, guys. They really, truly care. So get the book, buy it, and then call Mark and get in touch. And let us know, you know what you did because we all want to hear about your successes. You know, the more success each store has, the more success we enjoy as an industry. And that's what it's all about, helping each other. Um, so I've been talking for the last few minutes. What do you want to say as we say goodbye? Well, first of all, um, thank you for that, those very kind words. That means a lot. And I, I truly appreciate it. It's, this industry has been so good to me. The people have been so good to me and have cheered me on. And I want to be a cheerleader for our industry. I want to make this a cool place that people want to be a part of. Instead of going to Coca-Cola or Disney or one of these other big companies, what if we could attract more people to our industry and make it more innovative and creative and attract the talent that understands that we're trying to have an impact on people's lives. You spend a third of your life in bed. If you don't sleep well at night, you're not, it affects every moment of your life. Because if you're not sleeping well at night, you're tossing and turning and you're miserable. And then the next day you feel awful. So a good mattress and serving out this mission we have to connect better sleep and health and wellness to the products we make, I'm a huge champion for that. And I think that's part of what you, maybe what you see, Pete, when you see me in this industry, I, I really feel we can have an impact on people's lives 
and it can happen every moment they walk into your retail store. And I want to get more people in your retail store so you can connect those dots between better sleep and health and wellness and the products we, we make. And I think we have to be competitive and intentional about that. And so, so quick point of clarification, though, go to dosmarcos.co, so D-O-S-M-A-R-C-O-S dot C-O, and you can sign up to be notified when the book drops. It's officially on sale December 8th. And you can, but in the meantime, hop on that list and we will let you know first. And actually, we like to have a lot of fun in our, in our business. And the first 100 people that order are going to get two indestructible Dos Marcos branded tequila shot glasses. So I'm just saying it's kind of a fun thing to have in your back pocket. They're, they, may, they may be collector's items after this. We'll see. Um, they will be Pete, collector's items. That's right. That's right. They will be. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Unless we get more made, which I, <laughs> even then they probably will be. Um, but Pete, I want to say something to you. You are revered in our industry. And I'm glad that you're back out here in the podcasting world, in the Pete Primo show world, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your insights into, into humanity. That's what I've always noticed about you. You, you can tell people what what to do and how to approach business and selling mattresses and furniture. And you can, you can help people in that regard. There's no doubt about it, but you help, you understand people, you care about people and you help other people understand human beings. And I just, I love that you're back out here and doing this. And I really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, and, and I can't wait to see who else you have on the show. And I tell you the greatest compliment that we could get from the book is to down the road, see some guests on the Pete Primo show that took your book and took my book, my, myself and Mark Quinn's book, and you're interviewing them about what impact it had and what they did with it. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Thank you for those kind words. Um, I don't know what to say about that other than thank you. Uh, I don't take compliments well, so. Uh, I get a little embarrassed and uh, I'm turning red right We can now. make fun of ourselves for wearing like almost the same shirt. Yeah. How about that? That's a good yeah. Hey, everybody that's watching this, uh, we, there was no email. Uh, hey, wear a blue shirt. It, that didn't happen. I should have just got but my Mark kind of flat top going on. We would have been all set. <laughs> you know, I gave, I gave up on the comb over. It was just getting ridiculous. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm just going to go with a little flat top action and uh, be nice and consistent. But thank it. you very much for your kind words. And, and thank you for being who you are, Mark. You, you don't know what a blessing you've been to our industry. And thank you, Mark Quinn, for however the heck you got Kinsley into this thing. We're better off with Mark Kinsley. So thank you very all much, right. Mark Quinn. It's all Mark Quinn. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to say goodbye.